Hey there, my friends. Just a quick message before we get you into the episode. I want to talk for a second about ways that you can support this show. Of course, if you are on an Apple device, giving this show a review and a rating helps get us in front of more people. Or whatever podcast platform you listen to on, if there is a rating system, drop a review, help us get the word out that way. Share the episodes on your social media. Or if you're looking to financially support the podcast, you can join the Patreon. There's several levels there. You can also use the links in the show notes to purchase products like Redmond Real Salt. I get some benefit from that, and that money goes towards allowing this show to continue. So if you're interested, those are a couple ways you can show your support for the Fat Guy Forum. I thank you in advance, and I really appreciate you being here every week to hear these amazing stories. So let's get into the next one now. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Fat Guy Forum. This is your host, Gourmet, and I am happy to have you with us once again as we dive into the journey of yet another awesome dude. And today I have someone who I we have been working on getting this recording to happen for months, and we've had hit or miss opportunities, and we're finally doing it. So I'm excited to sit down today and talk to Jeff Cast. Jeff, how are you doing, man? I feel good, man. No complaints. Just... Uh trying to participate in this crazy ass world you know what i mean so you can do some days man all you can do and i'm glad you're Indeed. willing to take some time it is a saturday morning for both of us so I'm, I'm glad you're willing to take some of that time and talk to my audience and let's just get right to it man tell us what qualifies you to be on the fat guy forum well i um i am an equal opportunist when it comes to uh the solution of an outward substance, whether it's heroin, oxycotton, sex, carbohydrates, sugar, colodipin, alcohol. I'm like, I love, I love all of it. You know what I mean? And uh, what it really, I found was a lot of peace and comfort and, um, and kind of developing this relationship with these, um, these solutions to my life. And they, and they really became best friends. And, and as a result of kind of developing uh, this relationship uh, with all these things, I, I kind of started becoming, um, these things started becoming a master in my life and I started serving them very well. And as a result of serving all of these, uh, these things for so many years, um, I lost sight of myself and uh, I couldn't differentiate the true from false in reality. And I was completely removed from, um, uh, uh, from being present to the moment and, and kind of, uh, lost my way. And, uh, as a result, I kind of woke up seven years ago, man. And, uh, I developed this new kind of way of living and, uh, and a big part of that's my, uh, my nutrition and, and exercise and kind of, uh, tapping into my mind, body, spirit. And, uh, that's kind of what I do now, man. That's, and I try to help others. I try to like, freely give away what I have found, uh, through the people that I admire, man. And you're one of them. I, I'm a big fan of Sean Baker, uh, Mark Bell. Uh, there's a few others, man. So I'm constantly trying to find people that are trying to sharpen me and to sharpen each other, man, to kind of walk through this, um, you know, this, uh, this addiction. So that's kind of what I'm doing here, man. So, so take us back into your story, man. Like, where did it all start for you? Uh, you know what? So I, I, people ask me like, you know, cause be, as a result of, um, losing 280 plus pounds and kept becoming, you know, f uh, uh, superficially like fit and like completely different than I once was like the answer that I have for these people of how I did it was like, I had a spiritual awakening, you know what I mean? Like I, it's not, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. And then I woke up seven years ago. So my earliest memories, there was this whole world going on that I was just never part of. Right. I mean, I remember just kind of being on the playground at school and, um, uh, kind of, uh, you know, uh, looking around at other kids and they seem to have this inner compass of like how to just do life. And that was just something I was seemingly born without. Right. And, uh, I remember kind of always looking on the outside in, judging my insides with people's outsides and losing every single time, constantly, um, um, changing the person that I was and I wanted to be and failing miserably every time. And, um, you know, when I was 12 years old, um, even before when I was 12, I should have been eating and drinking and using drugs at like 
five years old. I mean, I was uncomfortable, you know what I mean? I was uncomfortable with myself and the participation uh, of just being alive in the world. So um, I remember kind of being very, uh, I was a sneaky, I was sneaky. I was a sneaky kid. I would, you know, wake up in the middle of the night and when everyone else was asleep in the house and I would go sneak food and, and um, I would find a lot of comfort in that. And uh, as a result of kind of seeking outwardly for this internal uh, struggle, um, I also found uh, drugs and alcohol. You know, when I was 12 years old, I remember exactly where I was. I remember exactly how I felt when I first felt the effects of alcohol. And I, um, I was with these two guys, Ryan and Greg, and... Uh, we, uh, back in the nineties, you know, we're not, you know, we're not that old, but you know, back in the nineties, they had this uh, alcohol. I don't, I don't know. If, I don't know if you remember Sainides and, uh, we got down to the bottom half of the Sainides 40 and I, for the first time in my life, I was comfortable standing where I was standing with these two guys I was standing there with. And I had never felt that way before in my life. I mean, I was comfortable. And as a result, I found peace in, in alcohol, food, drugs, you know, sugar, um, and uh, it, 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 after a while, I wasn't able to differentiate the true from false. And the feeling is so elusive. Um, uh, it just swept me away. And I, uh, you know, as a result of kind of living that lifestyle, like a tunnel vision, like a tunnel vision life of just, this is what's going to make me feel good right here, right now. Uh, that's the way I wanted to feel all the time. And uh, when you have that tunnel vision view, everything on the outside suffers. And your path is, you're removed from your path. And, um, so I, I kind of like, you know, as, as a result of all this, I never had a job. I never, you know, I never had anything beautiful. It was always kind of, I gave away everything to my addictions. And as a result, I took everything, you know, as if you came into contact with me, I was going to rip away anything beautiful you had to offer me. So it was kind of like, I, I developed these coping and, and, um, these defects of character to help me, to help me stay focused on what I needed to, to survive today. And I would kind of gladly pay the consequences tomorrow to feel good right now, if that makes sense. No, I definitely, yeah. I, I definitely think it does. And I think, because one of the things like I, I see, you know, you see people, especially in the social media space, you know, have separate pathways for their addictions. Right. You know, they, it's, they're either, you know, you, you, I, I talk a lot on this show to people who identify as, as food addicts and usually a big part of their story is like, thank goodness I wasn't into drugs and alcohol. My addiction was food. And then they draw the parallels and kind of learn the lessons that they learn there. Or you talk to someone who has never had an issue with food, but struggles with alcohol. And it sounds like, you know, from your experience that from a very early age, it was like broad spectrum addiction. Like oh, it was whatever was there was there. And, and how did that, you know, like as you got, as you started, you know, as you were growing up, like in terms of like going through high school and in that age, like what was it, what was that time like for you? Um, so there was, you know, looking back, um, you know, I, I went to high school. I never graduated junior high. I never graduated, graduated high school as like, you know, being on the, uh, graduation, uh, you know, people graduating with my, with my fellows. It wasn't like that. It was, I was always had to go to summer school. I was always struggling. Um, I was always trying to, um, there was nothing authentic about me. You know, there was nothing authentic about Jeff. It was this person that I wanted to p people to believe that I wasn't. And I would fight to the very death to, to find these defining characters that would make people like me and be part of my life. And um, it really kind of pushed people away, too. You know what I mean? I was, um, I was very aggressive. I was a very aggressive boy. You know, I mean, as a result of kind of being constantly afraid and uncomfortable, you know, by nature, I'm not, an, I'm not a, a violent man. You know, I'm not an angry man, but as I'm an afraid man. And as a result of being afraid, I would react violently. And once I knew what violence would do for me, um, you know, I, I kind of adopted and fostered that that kind of um, behavior to to kind of help me cope and and to be able to uh, successfully like and not even successfully just just to exist. So it was, it was nothing ever like um, healthy. I didn't have uh, you know my parents were, were very much. Um, you know, psychotic and had their own addictions. So like, I didn't really have this like healthy father figure or, or, or mother figure to really help me, um, to guide me properly through, through all the troubles and, um, trials and tribulations of just being, just growing, you know? And during that time, like, I, I think, you know, especially, you know, going through all of that as you were growing up and becoming an adult, like, 
were there times where you were like, I need to, you know, before seven years ago, you know, were there times where you're like, okay, I need to either, you know, whether it came to your weight or it came to drugs and alcohol, were there times where you're like, I need to make change? Like, okay, I can't keep doing this. Like, what was, what was that path like for you? Or, or did, like you said, was it just a singular tunnel? Um, you know, it's, it still worked for me. Does that make sense? So it, it was working for me for a very long time. Like I, uh, there was a seven years ago, those best friends that I developed relationships stopped showing up for me. You know what I mean? And then I was uncomfortable all the time. And, um, you know, that's a, that's a terrible way to live. You know, that's a, that's an absolute, and you get it. I mean, I know you get it. You know I mean? That's a terrible way to live. So, you know, I, I, I think looking back <clears throat> there, there was moments of like, okay, things are getting a little weird. You know what I mean? You're putting needles in your arm. Like you're, you're, you're upward to 400, almost 500 pounds. I mean, the reality of, of the, the damage that I was doing to my body, most healthy people would be like, okay, this is getting bad. Maybe we should, maybe we should stop. You know what I mean? But in my mind, it's like, let's keep going. I'm comfortable. Like doesn't matter what the fuck is happening. Like I, I need this now, you know? So kind of what happened was, is that I, um, I believe there's a portal, right? We have these portals of life to where time stands still and you can either walk through that portal because it's open, but the portal is so small. If you don't walk through it, it closes again. And then you're back to your own belief and, and thought processes. You're, you know, you're, 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 um, um, kind of back to your, your defect and defaults of character. Right. So that's kind of what happens. kind of what happened to me. I, I, I would have the acknowledgement things aren't good, but then I would be swept away. Right. Once again, once I got into the same patterns, which I, I, I think it's a great way you put it when you were talking about, you know, the average person on the outside, if they were going through these things, it would be red flag city. Like, you know, not to not to jump on a current social media trend, but, you know, they, it would be like, okay, you know, I'm this big. I'm doing these things. Like, these are things that I have to change. I, you know, I'm putting my health in danger. I'm putting my life in danger. Like, I don't think there's an understanding that when you have created that as your normal and created that as, as the place that you derive comfort from, it's, it's a powerful track, like you said. And, and if you don't see those exit points, it's almost like you don't have consciousness of even needing the exit point. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I don't know if that makes sense. Like I, cause I no, think that does. happens to people sometimes. Like when they talk, when, when I talk to people and they're like, you know, when, when I reflect on what life was like for me at 540 pounds and people are like, mm. I, I can't imagine that. And I'm like, that was my life. Like that was every day. Like to me, there was no, oh, this is wrong. It was, this was, yeah. this is what I needed to do. And this is, oh, yeah. and as long as I could keep feeding the, the addiction, things mm. were fine. You know, I knew, definitely, and you, it's almost like th there can be a consciousness that there's a, a, a hammer hanging over your head or a, something hanging over your, a stone there on, being held by a thread. But it's like, you, you just don't have, you don't have it in you to care. Oh no, I, I totally agree. I mean, it became the only normal life I knew. Yeah. I mean, that was it. Yeah. I didn't know any other way of living, you know? I don't know. I, I don't know if it's a malady or if it's a, you know, I don't, I don't birth to fame. I don't know why people do what they do. You know what I mean? Like I, I, as a result, I'm also in recovery. I do, I do AA. I'm a member of Alcoholics Anonymous and I'm very active in, into that. And <clears throat> there's different things that I, I, I seek through fellowship and unity in different areas. And, and it's interesting because I'm always in, uh, I'm always in these, uh, social situations like recreational drinking or recreational eating. And I'm like, uh, I, you know, I, I do bouncing on the sides at clubs and restaurants and venues and I'll be there <clears throat> kind of observing. Um, I like to call them the native earthlings and, and how they operate in a very, um, a social setting when it comes to food and drink and they're and they're kind of just in front of each other and and they're they're talking and they're laughing and they you know they might even walk away with a with a half a plate of food and like a, a half glass of alcohol right and they're and they're gonna go home and that's just gonna be it you know what i mean and i'm like i'm like how do they do that like i understand it I don't get it. I understand it. You know what I mean? Like I see people do it. I don't have the experience. I don't I know anything about like recreational food and drink. You know what I mean? If I'm not like barricading myself in a hotel room with like a pizza and a bunch of drugs and alcohol, like I don't want anything to do with it. You know what I mean? It's like all or nothing. And it's like, that's just my relationship with, with these types of things. Which I, that's, that observation, I think is something a lot of us can relate to that idea that, because we see it, like you're, you're in, the, you're on Instagram, you, you see, especially this time of year, 
you're going to see a lot of people, you know, especially health and fitness, quote unquote, influencers who are like, you know, just have one piece of this, just, just have the one Reese's, you know, buy the two pack of Reese's cups and just have one and save another one for later. And by keeping you in your house, you know, you take the power away from it. And it's like, you know, when you're on the other side of that perspective, it's like, I don't even understand how that would operate. Like you have no, cause we're not taught any of those things. Like, and I, I do think like you were saying, like not knowing where it comes from, like, I think it's so many different factors. Like, I think there's probably genetic propensity in there for people. I think there's developmental challenges. I think especially when these things start young, it affects, you know, hormonal development is going to be another thing that comes into play. Like even just how you react to the world physically, but emotional development and relationships and, and all of those things start to get twisted through that lens that you're, you're existing through. And so when a person like that's, it happens so many times when someone's like, well, you know, I just don't understand that. Like when they hear something I talk about and I'm like, I'm glad you don't understand it. You know, I'm I'm happy when another person doesn't have that relationship with food or doesn't have that relationship with other substances. Mm. Like it's, it's good that you like, don't be upset that you can't understand. Like that's not, that's not truly. a defect on your part. Like <laughs> truly. it's a it's a blessing that you don't you don't have that same feeling. Like like take that as Jock, take that up as one of your one of your great things. You know, I've got good some good friends that work with people on these issues and you know, one of one woman specifically I think of, she talks a lot about, you know, whether you're an abstainer or a moderator and how abs, you know, people that need to be abstainers always want to be moderators and moderators don't even understand that they're moderators you know they don't because it's not a learned behavior you know to be a a natural moderator when it comes to those substances like you said to be a social drinker to be a social eater like those sorts of things it's not like they sat down in a classroom and were taught how to do it it's you know something that developed and that relationship proceeded quote-unquote normally and so they're in that place whereas someone who doesn't have that relationship who struggles with addiction who struggles with control issues all of those things has to then either, you know, and also a lot of it's coming to like accept where you're at and not always being chasing that place that you just, you you didn't spend 30 years growing up to become. Like you sometimes have to deal with life, with what life has given you and, you know, and able to move forward positively. And now I feel like I'm starting to ramble on that, but just kind of coming off of what you were saying there, like, so you, like you said, like let's let let's jump to seven years ago. Like, where was your life at before you had that realization seven years ago? Well, let me ask you a question, Gourmet. I mean, looking back, I mean, if I didn't find all of these things, and tell me, tell me your experience, if you, but if you, if I didn't find food, if I didn't find drugs, if I didn't find alcohol, if I didn't find any of these things when I was young, I would have blew my head off a long time ago. You know what I mean? Like the comfort and like the, the peace that I found in these substances were like, I mean, they saved my life. I mean, I, 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 I wouldn't have made it, you know what I mean? And so there was a relationship and I, and I, I kind of look back and I'm, I'm kind of grateful. I got to experience and I made it out, you know what I mean? Um, f- uh, fairly untouched that, um, but the same thing that saved my life for so many years almost killed me. You know what I mean? I remember, um, you know, at the, at the end of it all, I was, um, you know, f- almost 500 pounds. Um, I was missing a, a lot of my teeth. Um, I had like a abscess in my arms. I was shooting dope. I was, I, I, it was just a mess. It was just a mess. And I remember going to the doctor for the first time in like 10 years. And I go into the doctor and they're like, they did a bunch of blood work and they looked at me and like, I was jaundiced and I was just, you know, like I was a mess. And, um, they said, if you continue doing what you're doing, you're going to be dead in a few years, if if that. And I remember I left there and I'm like, oh my God, like, you know, this is, this is serious. And then I got home and I remember I, I, I ordered like a bunch of like pizza and like, and I went into the, got a bunch of dessert and I just sat at home and I just like, I just, I just couldn't stop. I couldn't even stop if I wanted to. And, um, I was able to do that for another six months and, um, I remember at the end of it all, I was living in this, I was renting a room in this, I live out in uh, Northern California and there's this, the Bay Area, there's this place called Richmond in North Richmond and it's, it's, uh, this area is not the best and I was uh, in this room, um, I was living uh, on this um, mattress on the floor. That's the only thing I had in this room was a mattress on the floor and there was alcohol bottles and there was food wrappers everywhere and um, I remember I woke up one morning and um, I remember I took a swig of vodka and I put a, 
a needle in my arm and I shot up and nothing happened. Like nothing happened. And I remember, like, I remember just started crying. I just started crying and I'm like, I have no idea how to leave this house and participate in a world I was never part of. You know, how do I leave here and find peace and have conversations with people and develop relationships with people and, and kind of get introduced to Jeff and, and how do I carry myself in a, in like a um, healthy, um, transparent and, and, um, loving and tolerant way. I had no idea, man. I had no idea. And that's kind of the breakthrough. I mean, that, you know, I was the thing that saved my life for so many years that was actually ended up killing me, stopped working. And, um, I, my mind could not handle the reality that I was experiencing in the moment. And my body couldn't handle any more substance. And, uh, it was the walkthroughs, that portal, the portal opened. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, had a moment of like, as they say, a moment of clarity, man, I was beaten to reasonableness and uh, I walked through that. I, I, and I took a step to walk. Th- I took a leap of faith, man. I took a leap of faith. So what, what happened when you took that leap? Like, so what, what happened after that point? So I, um, I, I, again, I'm in, in recovery. Like I'm very open about being a member. And, uh, what happened is my brother, he, um, you know, and food addiction is, is just a different manifestation than alcohol, right? I mean, it just, man, it's the same thing. I am, I believe in, in the theory we have in AA, it's, it's, it's a manifestation of kind of like being, um, having that internal, uh, fundamental belief of something greater than yourself inside of you. And I, I can relate to that. You know I mean? There was just never a state of consciousness, consciousness in, 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 in my mind or my heart. I mean, I just never had that place of drive, drive, you know? So my brother, he's a member and he, um, ended up coming to my house and, um, ended up coming to my house and I, he knocked on the door and I didn't even recognize his physical appearance. I mean, he was two years sober ahead of me and he was a bigger guy too. And, and, um, he, he was a little bit of a psychotic, you know, he, he would do crazy ass shit too. So he started talking to me and I didn't even, I didn't even recognize his internal voice. Right. I didn't even, he was a completely changed person. Right. And it wasn't, he wasn't, when he came to my house, he wasn't like the rest of the people. Like, why can't you stop doing what you're doing? Why can't you get a job? Why can't you get a girlfriend? Why can't you do all these things that make you normal? And the fact was, I just didn't know how I just didn't know how. Right. So, and the only thing he said to me, I'll never forget it. Like I'm tearing up right now. I mean, going back to that place of just going back to that place of just hopelessness. I remember he came in and he was just like, dude, I have this thing going on where you never have to live like this again. And, um, I remember I was able to put together a few days of, of just being separated from, uh, from the substances. And I went to my first meeting and, um, I remember being in that meeting and, um, walking in and I was shaking so violently. I was shaking so violently and I was so bloated and I was just, I was so sick and I was just crying. I couldn't stop crying. And I had this hood on over my head and, um, and I was looking around all these people that were really happy to be there. And I was like, what the fuck do these people have to be happy for? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, like, I'm right. suffering here. You know what I mean? <laughs> and I was sat in this chair and I don't know if you know, if you're familiar with 12 step stuff, but there's a secretary who kind of runs the meeting and he was staring at me the whole time. He was staring at me and I looked up at him and I just didn't want to look at him. And he kept on staring at me and he asked if the newcomer wanted to say anything. And I was just crying. And I said, I'm so afraid and I'm so tired and I'm so lost and I just want help. And, uh, he walked up to me after the meeting and he said, listen, man, he's like, you know, if you, if you're done drinking, if you're done living the life, if you're done beating yourself up with all these substances, you'll never have to live that way again. And it was true. And he ended up becoming my sponsor through, through AA. And he, um, you know, if I live to be a hundred years old, man, and I'm sober for every one of them, I'll never be able to pay back what that man did for me. You know, he saved my life. And, um, but what I get to do is see, I, I, I'm bringing this up because, you know, Gormy, I mean, you've, you've probably woken people up. You've probably been that person to, to change people's lives. You know what I mean? And people are waiting to find people like you and I who are willing, readily available to, to give a loving hand to a hopeless person who just doesn't know a way out. And uh, that's what I do, man. I freely give away what I find, man. And, and, uh, that's, and that's how I get to keep what I got. You know, that's how I get to keep what I got, man. And, uh, you know, I, I'm very open and transparent and, and honest about my conditions. You know what I mean? Like I have no problem talking about all the crazy weird shit that I still think, you know, if I, if I still eat, 
terribly. I'm going to, I'm going to talk about it. You know what I mean? And that really opens up, um, relationships and, um, that's what I'm seeking, man. I'm seeking people like you. I'm seeking people that are just wanting to, to get honest, man. And, and, uh, kind of take all, all this armor and all these walls down to really kind of get to the, the causes and conditions of, of where we are and, where, and, and how we got to where we are. Yeah. And I, th I think that you used a, a word there that's powerful. And that's, that's honesty, you know, being honest. And that's one of the hardest things when you're in that place is being honest about what you're doing, it, you know, and not being honest with, you know, being honest with other people becomes a big part of it, but it's about being honest with, you know, being honest with yourself, you know, being oh, honest that it's not it. And it is almost like, and I'm, I'm sure, you know, I'm not sure, but I, I think this is something you could relate to. It's that idea that in a lot of ways, like things come crashing down on you when you start to be honest, because oh, God, yeah. you start to become aware, you know, you're, mm. you spend so much time building, you know, building up those blinders, you know, that you, that you keep on tight. And when you start to take the blinders off, it's like, you start to realize the impact on everything. And, and then <clears throat> at times, like in, for people that then starts to get overwhelming in and of itself, because you're sitting there and you're like, what have I done? Like, how did, how did I get <clears throat> in you? And a lot of times, you know how you got there, but it's still that place of how did, how is this where things ended up for me? You know, how, why is in, you can then of course go off on the tangent of, you know, turning it into just this place of pity for yourself. And, you know, I guess this is just where I'm trapped and I'm not going to get out of here. But then it's that it's finding that spark of at least stepping through, you know, stepping through the portal. I like the way you put it, you know, to just say, is there a possibility? You know, can I find one spark of hope? You know, I don't oh, have God, to be, yeah. a, I don't have to be a hundred percent motivated. I don't mm -hmm. have to have all the answers, but I at least have to have hope that there is something else. And so hearing someone else say, you know, there is another way and being willing to say, maybe I don't a hundred percent trust that, but I'm willing to take that leap of faith and, and see the possibility. God, yes, absolutely. I can totally relate to that, man. You know, I think it's a, uh, it's, it's definitely an attraction thing for me. You know, I mean, like, uh, I come across people like you, you know, a couple of people that I've mentioned, um, you know, Sean Baker, uh, it's interesting because, because at the same time, like, I don't want to be loved to death. You know what I mean? Like, do not co-sign on my, I'm a pathological liar. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm a pathological liar to myself. You know what I mean? And it, it was funny. Like I was talking, I, uh, before I, 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 I'm, I don't know if anybody knows Rivero or it was meet our ex, right? And, uh, I was messaging Sean Baker and I was telling him about my experiences. This is, this is early about, I was wanting to change diets and stuff and, and, uh, kind of get a better grasp of, of nutrition and, and cause I was on keto for so long and I was wanting to switch over to carnivore. And this is the kind of information, this is how I need to be told things, you know what I mean? Like, I don't really want to be, um, uh, like a codependent relationships with folks. So like the people that I really admire, like Sean Baker and like Mark Bell and these, and a few others is like, uh, they tell me the truth about myself. So I was talking to, to Sean Baker and I was like, this is what I'm doing. Like I'm having trouble with this. Like, um, you know, I, I can, can you give me information? And he was like, listen, I really want to talk to you, but if you want to come join this little fellowship we have over at Rivero, he's like, do it. And now leave me alone. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was, it was, it was, those are the things. And I was like, okay, well then that's what makes me do it. I, I got to get uncomfortable, man. I got to do things that make me very uncomfortable. And, uh, I, I love being uncomfortable. I've, I've kind of developed this place of like um uh, being comfortable being uncomfortable now you know what i mean and it's it's like it's where i got to be i got to be in like i got to be in the in the fire i got to be in the fire well like you said you spent so many years chasing comfort mm. you know so Absolutely. It's, so it's that idea that when you realize that there's another side to comfort and it's not it's not death there there's possibility there you know that idea of and that idea of you know, because I think a lot of the people you're talking about, like Sean, Mark, one of the big things you see there isn't that, you know, they're all going to be the ones that say, okay, come here, follow my path. This is exactly what you should do. I'm going to tell you all the answers. Right. I'm going to give you all the answers. Like, they're very much the people like, here's something to, here's something you can try, but do it and see how you feel. You know, Indeed. you need to, you need to, like, again, and, and I talk about this a lot with clients I work with, like, the biggest thing when it comes to any of these changes you're making is being honest with yourself. Like I, you know, I work with, I work with people a lot of times in, in, in the keto space. And one of the things that you hear a lot is someone who's like, well, I want to use keto to, you know, lose 200 pounds. And then, so that I can go back to living a normal life. And my big thing is like, well, what, 
how do you know what a normal life is? Like everything you've, you've everything that that you you were doing before is normal brought you to this place where you now need to lose two hundred pounds. So on what on in what way you know is that that part of you that just wants to go back to the food, not the part of you that actually wants to go back to a quote unquote normal life? Like maybe maybe see this as a possibility of building something new and letting it be unknown. Like you said, let it be uncomfortable. You know, let it be that let it be that you don't have all the answers. You know, we know you know a big phrase thrown around in a lot of places is like that idea of paralysis by analysis. Like people want to have all of the answers in front of them before they even take the first step. And it's like life becomes about taking steps without knowing where your foot's going to land, and then dealing with what happens. And when when you can actually get comfortable with that discomfort is when you actually start to grow and change, when you start to learn more about yourself and the choices you're making. So if you, you know, to take it back to what I was talking about, if keto or carnivore gives you this incredible feeling, the sense of control you've never had in your life, all of these things, why is it still in your head that I just want to get to X point and then step away from this? Like, what, you know, sit for a while and think about how good you actually feel. Reflect on what you're actually saying. Be honest with yourself about... Is it just about wanting to go back to those foods that are still calling your name? And the other thing that like comes up for me in all of that is, and I'm sure this is something you, you know, you were talking about, like the things that still go through your head now, people are like, well, does this all go away someday? You know, do these feelings, these wants, these cravings, you know, these addictions, do they go away? It's like, well, it's not about them going away. You know, it's about learning new behavior for yourself and what that new behavior can give you. And Absolutely. valuing what you get from that new behavior more than what you were getting from your old that old path you were on. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, I'm going to ask you this question, too, is that, you know, my life didn't get better when I stopped using these things. It got worse. You know what I mean? I became mentally ill when I stopped when I stopped, uh, you know, the chemical attack on my body, you know, and and I, I people. Often, I, again, I mean, I always bring up when when people ask me how I did it, and they want the superficial, easy way out. I mean, they're like, "What did you do to get where you are?" I mean, the easy answer is, "Well, this is what I eat, and this is what I do for exercise, right?" But to really understand why, like, why do I do what I do that puts me in a position to be um, in bad situations and and to potentially really hurt myself uh, as a result of uh, consuming, right? So, I, I think it. People, like you were saying, people really have to dive in uh, to to kind of what they allowed themselves to walk through, and um, to to kind of to kind of feel the discomfort and to sit with the discomforts and and not to like um, uh, be readily uh, uh, evading. Uh, the moment, because I, I evaded the moment for so many years. It's taken a lot of discipline for me to be here, right here, right now with myself. And, uh, you know, I am not the managerial type. I need some supervision. And um, when I kind of tap into that supervision, that's really where the answers are. You know, that's when my mind slows down, my heart opens up, and I'm able to kind of get the answers that I'm looking for. And, uh, and that's, and you know, that's taken work, that's taken discipline, that's taken, uh, things that I don't want to do, like we were talking about. So, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so much, like you're saying, man, it's so much more beyond the, uh, the food and drink, right. And, and the, and the substance abuse, it's, it's really kind of, uh, diving inward, man. And it's a scary place to go, you know, it's a scary place to go. But it, when I kind of, um, start, um, uh, doing inventory on, on, on all these things for the past, you know, 33 years that I live this way, um, a lot was revealed about um the way i showed up and it's it's really not what happened to me man it's what happened because of me and uh, and it and kind of seeing that it was freeing and it alleviated a lot of the delusion that i was under so uh it's work man it's work it's discipline it's doing all the shit that i don't want to do well and, that, and that's the powerful part in all of this you know that drugs alcohol food whatever whatever a person's thing is or if it's all of those things like you said, in a lot of ways, though, that's like a, a dam that's keeping out a lot of things that you're not dealing with. You know, a lot of things that you're, you know, avoiding, whether it's in life or inside of yourself, you know, all of those things. So taking that dam away doesn't mean that 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 flood on the other side just magically dries up and everything is sunshine and roses and puppies and rainbows and all of that. Like it, it then means that it unveils, you know, taking taking away the substance unveils all of the real work that needs to be done. 
And while some people, you know, you have that perspective that like the hardest thing is going to be changing what I eat. It's like, well, no, in a lot of ways, changing what you eat or what you drink or, you know, what you use or don't use is the easy part because then you got to deal with everything that you kept in the shadows, you know, everything that was there. Like I know for me, like one of the big things that, that I learned on this journey was I always, I never identified that I was an emotional eater. Like whenever anyone would ask me that question, I always be like, well, no, of course not. You know, I just love food. I, you know, this is my life. Like, I don't care. Like all of that. And then when I actually got things, got that, that piece under control and I started to realize that I had all of these raging out of control emotions because I was just using food to numb myself 24 seven. Like I was not dealing with those, those things. And so when, now that I was starting to feel these floods of overwhelming emotion, it was because I never learned how to handle it. You know, that, that thing that most people, when they're not, they don't go down that path of addiction, they learn different coping mechanisms. They learn different ways to handle situations and choices to make and all of that. And I never learned any of that. So I feel like in a lot of ways there are, in my forties, I was a child again because okay, you know, I can't just get pissed over something that I shouldn't get pissed over. I need to start learning about, you know, what it means to control what I can control and letting go of what I can and all of that. Like there's, there's so much hard work there. And like you said, it, it is hard work. It is about building discipline. It's not about just having that one spark of motivation because the sparks of motivation are few and far between and can go and burn bright some days and then other days they don't. And you still need to get up and do the work that you need to do. Indeed. And, Indeed. So what is what does life look like for Jeff now? Well, you know, um it's it's a life that I never knew was possible. You know, I mean it's true. Like I I uh I have a four year old son, you know, and uh, I don't know what kind of background you come from, you know, as far as your parents, but um, you know, it was rough. I had a really rough childhood. It was very traumatic. And, um, you know, having a son, um, and being able to show up in a completely different way than I was, that I was brought up is, has been a, a miracle. And it's just been so healing to be able to raise a boy, a confident boy and rip him away from his mom's bosom and, and take him to do things that, um, make him uncomfortable. You know what I mean? And, sh and kind of give away and, and kind of guide him with these tools in these, um, these disciplines that I've, that I've implemented in my life, you know, I've, I'm very aware that my son has a, uh, a higher power. It's not me. I just kind of need to guide him towards that power and to kind of help him, um, find his internal voice and his intuitive voice. And, uh, that's been really, um, freeing for me to know that I'm not responsible for his, for his path. I just need to help him guide him to that path. Um, you know, I'm, I'm very active. I work out five to six days a week. I, um, I, uh, as a result of kind of, uh, you know, um, surrendering to, to, um, life on life's terms, I've became a personal trainer. I'm, um, I'm into social work uh, for my career. Um, you know, I never had a job up until seven years ago. So everything that I've been given is a result of, of kind of walking through this portal and, um, taking a leap of faith. And, you know, I have, I have a, have a place to have a beautiful place to live. I have a car, I have money in the bank. I have a son. I have, I have all of the, um, cash and prizes that comes along with, um, the awakening, right. Being reborn, like you were saying, like right? a young kid, right. And, and getting a second chance. But I think where I find the most peace is, um, is just peace, right. To slow my mind down and to open up my heart and to be able to, um, kind of have experiences, you know, I mean, the, I was here, like when, when I'm dealing with people who are wanting what I have and wanting to walk through this thing of, of addiction, um, you always kind of hear the excuses they have. Well, this is why I am the way I am. And if you live the way I live, the way I live, then you'd be fucked up too. You know what I mean? And it's kind of like, it's kind of like being able to give my experience to these people freely. And, you know, my past has been able to benefit others, you know, and when I freely kind of give this thing away, I'll talk to anybody. I mean, I'll talk to, I don't go like, you know, I'm not knocking on people's door, like a Jehovah's witnesses and saying like, you know, if you've got what I got, you know, you'll be able to be free. No, you know I mean? It's like the destination, there's no destination. So it's all an experience, but I'm just kind of walking through this life of just like, you know, I call God higher power, whatever the fuck you want to call it. Just show me what the fuck I'm supposed to do. You know what I mean? Just show me what I'm supposed to do. Let me be where I'm supposed to be and go where I'm supposed to go. And just hopefully I can carry a message to somebody that can hear the voice and, and help them and help them wake up, you know? And, and as a result, man, I've like, I've been involved with some pretty amazing experiences of allowing, you know, being involved with people who are 
very much asleep and, and they kind of find, they, they find some, they hear something that I, that I've been able to, um, to carry. And uh, that's kind of my life, man. That's what I do now. And uh, whether it's drugs, whether it's food, whether it's, you know, uh, any uh, sex, whatever, any of the above, man, I'm, I'm kind of on board to, uh, to freely give away what I have found. And that's kind of what my life looks like now, man. That's kind of what my life looks like. So let's actually dive into that a little bit. Cause I think there's probably people listening that are in that place of hopelessness. What are the things that when someone, when you, when you're able to interact with someone who is basically comes to you and says, I, I, this is how I feel. You know, I feel like I'm out of control. I feel like there's no hope. What is, what is it that you say to them? Like, what, how do you start that? How do you start that kind of conversation? Right. Um, so I think that is a very sensitive place to be, you know I mean? That's a very, like, kind of a delicate thing. You know, I don't want to overwhelm anybody. I don't want to be, it's not about, um, I, I use a lot of eyes. I don't talk about you, right? I give my experience. I mean, cause my, if I give my, I don't give my opinion. I don't give uh, suggestions. I just give my experience. I mean, that is all I have to offer. You know what I mean? And if I start telling people what I think or, or my opinion, it kind of throws people off, you know? And uh, especially a person, I mean, th- my experience was, was that the most beautiful thing that I experienced was a, a man who had some sort of idea that about what I was going through and he didn't give me his opinion. He didn't give me a suggestion. He gave me his experience and he kind of just gave me this loving hand, man. And he, and he kind of walked me through it. And if you can get on that level of like, I mean, for me, man, to, to find a, pl- a person who is like available in a hopeless place is just like, it is so beautiful, man, you know, and, and, um, so I, I kind of, I, it's intuitive, man. I don't, I don't go in with any kind of, you know, um, uh, programming or what I, you know, what I do. I, it's kind of like psychotherapy for me, man. Like I, I kind of just, I ask a question and when I ask the question, it just opens up the conversation for honesty. You know what I mean? And like, after a while, I'm going to call you out. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I, I don't want to hear about, you know, for so long about what happened to you and, and, you know, why you are the way you are. But like, what are you ready to do to, to walk through this thing? You know what I mean? I knew what I was willing to do to get comfortable, man. I've been kicked out of every ER, every like health and human services office, like anything that was like that society was trying to help me with, I like was kicked out, you know what I mean? And I, I, I would have went to any lengths to, to get to that place of comfort with, uh, with any substance, you know, but what am I, what am I willing to do to find peace with, with my relationship with food and myself, you know what I mean? And so that's kind of what it looks like for me. And I, I'm like, it's, I'm always available, um, uh, to, um, and it, it, it's my, I have this experience, man. I have this experience to give away. So it's like, I'm kind of like, like armed in this area of like, um, of how to kind of navigate my way through this, 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 um, experience with, uh, kind of tapping into, to this intuitive, uh, intuitive lifestyle. And I, people are going to, cause you, we, we've thrown the carnivore word around a little bit. Um, and it's in your Instagram handle. So I know some people listening are going to be like, why, why was carnivore important to him? Like what, what, what role did nutrition from your, you know, take a bigger, you know, bigger picture upper level, like to you, what role has nutrition played in this journey you've been on? Um, so I, about, so seven years ago, I was just kind of, um, I was walk, I was homeless and I was walking everywhere to these meetings. And I, I mean, I walked four to five miles a day, every day and everything hurt on my body everything hurt and as a kind of a result of kind of like stopping drinking and stopping kind of having all these things available i've just started dropping weight and so uh i um i ended up joining this gym at the ymca here in northern california and i i walked into this 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 gym and I think I was already a year into like the thing and I had dropped in the year, I dropped like 80 pounds or something like six, 60 or 70, 80 pounds or something like that. So, and I was kind of, I was not eating as many carbs when, when you take, when you kind of stop drinking the way I was drinking, you're going to drop weight. You know what I mean? So I walk into this gym and there's this massive bodybuilder there and he could be kind of became my mentor and he, I started talking to him and he's like, I just, I, 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 you know, I'm a know-it-all. I think I know everything about everything. So I started talking to him about, like, I don't know. He's like, I can't eat like a bodybuilder. I can't, I don't know how to eat properly. And, you know, it's just too much food for me. And he looked at me and goes, 
he goes, you have no idea what you're talking about, do you? <laughs> I was like, I was like, I'm like, okay, you know what I mean? And, he, and his, name is, his name is John Anderson, and John Anderson is kind of the one who showed me and kind of directed me into this, this place of micronutrition, right? So keto is very good, man. Keto is really good. People really thrive on keto. People have a great, great relationship with keto. They can develop a, you know, a healthy lifestyle with keto. Um, but what I've kind of developed was kind of getting away from from all of these kind of keto-y meals of you know high fat and kind of just a lot of creams and and you know i i'm completely neutral to what people should be doing their lives i mean i'm I'm, you know do what you like you know what i mean so as a result of kind of like finding these people that were doing this thing and their bodies were changing and they they had some sort of information i became attracted to to this information so it kind of looks like um you know a couple years on keto and it kind of it kind of translated into a more of a carnivore based uh, lifestyle. So my meals are exactly the same every single day. I mean, I eat three to four pounds of ground beef, steak, eggs. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm constantly eating uh, these things. It makes me feel good. You know what I mean? Um, like this last week for Thanksgiving, I, I dipped into carbohydrates, man. I dipped into sweets. I, I gave myself a day to eat whatever the fuck I wanted, right? So, but at the same time when I was eating like that, I can, I can feel myself missing the nutrition. Like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not getting full. I'm not getting satiated. You know what I mean? And that's kind of where I kind of like my meals, I've developed this relationship with, with micronutrition to really understand what my body needs to thrive. And as an active, you know, I'm able to work out the way I work out, not because anything other than the way I eat, you know what I mean? I'm very active, you know what I mean? I've, I've been able to deadlift, you know, 600 pounds. I've been able to squat 600 pounds. I've been able to, to be involved in CrossFit, you know, run, you know, um, multiple miles in a row. And, and this is a result of kind of putting things in my body to where my body thrives. The body is not used to, I mean, the standard American diet's killing people. You know, I I think we all know that like the standard American diet's killing people. So when you start uh, implementing these uh, this nutrition in your body, your body starts to thrive, right? You start to you start your hormones start to get in, you know, uh, aligned. You know, your vitality. Like my sex drive, man, is through the. I mean, it's through the. I, I, it's through the roof. I'm 40 years old. My girlfriend's 27. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel amazing. You know. So, and at the same time, you know, I, I need to be in contact with people like you, Gourmet. You know, I got to talk about these things because I can easily be swept away. You know, I can easily be swept away back right into the, to the old, to the old patterns. And if I'm not talking about it, man, I lose sight of, of what I'm doing for today. So, you know, at my house, man, like I have about 30 pounds of meat in my freezer at all times. And there's nothing in my house that I can't cook, that I have to cook. You know what I mean? Like I, I have to cook my food. I can't have snacks. I can't have like treats. I can't have keto treats. I can't have much of anything. And, um, that's, that it's taken a lot of discipline. It's taken a lot of discipline to be able to, um, kind of stay on, on these meals that I constantly eat. And, uh, and at the same time, man, it's, it's been, I've have a freedom around food that I never knew was possible. You know, freedom. That's, that's kind of the key word for me, man. Well, cause you don't, I think sometimes, especially when a person is in the throes of, of addiction, that feels like freedom. You oh know? yeah. Well, I can make every, you know, I can make every choice I want to make. And it's the same thing when people then start to talk about changing their nutrition is when the word restriction starts to come into play. You know, what you do is so restrictive, what you do. And it's like, but then you, it's almost like I, the parallel that I see sometimes is, I don't know what your experience has been, you know, if you've ever gone into a casino and the, you know, a commercial for casinos is always like, come and have fun. And it's this like flashing lights and money everywhere and like this like glamorous (laughs) lifestyle but when you actually like i remember the first i've only been to las vegas once and went with some friends for a show and when you stay in a hotel you like they literally make you walk through a casino every if you go into the pool you have to walk through a casino if you go into the gym you have to walk through a casino and when you actually pay attention to the casino it's people are chained to machines like there's no one looks happy no one, you know, there's no joy, you know, it's not oh, absolutely. that, no, it's not everyone laughing and cheering everyone on. It's just like another pull, another, you know, especially slot machine areas, like another pull, you know, chasing that next thing. And I think, but in that person's head, they went and had fun, you know, like they went, you know, it's a, you know, yeah. I, they come out of there, like they're down $500 that they didn't have, 
But the idea was to go and have this amazing time because there was this opportunity. And I think it's the same thing when it comes to food. It's like somehow eating that way is going to get you to the jackpot, you know, even though it's it's constantly taking from you, you know, be, but it feels like freedom and it feels like fun and it feels like all these things. And it's like realizing sometimes that when you do start to pay more attention to nutrition, when you do start to, like you said, pay attention to the micronutrient value of food and the, what it actually does to your body, that quote unquote restriction that people can't imagine themselves doing leads to that place of freedom, leads to this, the access to the world. Cause like, you know, you know, when you were at, at your heaviest and living that life, like there were so many things that you can't do, but you're not thinking about it. And then all of a sudden you, when you make those changes and realize, well, wow, there's this, there's this whole world out here that I almost didn't even know existed because I had built up this space that I was living in. And now I can access these other opportunities and I can do these things and be there for people in different ways. And all of these things, because I changed the way that I ate. And because of that one area that I, ha I that I saw for so long as restriction, I freed up dozens of other ones. And you know that's that that's that perspective shift of of seeing it as freedom, and not seeing it as punishment. You know I don't I don't fuel my body properly because I'm punishing myself. It's not it's not retribution for for things that I did. It's because I want to be able to do the things that I do every day and do them well and participate in life and have access to life and all of those things that come along with it. Agreed. No, agreed. I, I, um, I don't know if you remember, like, I mean, there was a moment, uh, about mm, th four, four or five years ago where I was, um, I was driving and I was crossing the, uh, San Rafael Richmond bridge here in, in uh, the Bay area. And I was looking at the city that, um, that uh the last city that i kind of lived in my last uh you know my old life in and um, i was looking at the city i was driving the bridge and and uh tears just started filling my eyes and i realized when i was crossing that bridge that i was a free man you know that i was no longer a hostage to myself you know and that and that i made it and that i'm okay like i am safe and i'm protected here you know and you know gourmet everything on the outside of my of my vision um you know, the world, the way the world that I saw, uh, you know, seven years ago is exactly the same world that I live in now, right? But something has changed inside of me to be able to show up in a completely different way. And, um, you know, that's, th that's the awakening, man. That's the awakening. And as a byproduct of the awakening, I've, I've developed all these healthy uh, uh, tools and, uh, disciplines to be able to help navigate my, my way through this life to not be a slave and a hostage any longer. And, uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a free man. That's incredible, man. And so Jeff, what, what's coming next for you? Like what, what are the things you look forward to now? Uh, you know, so I'm working on a second um, certification through nutrition and um, physical fitness, personal training. Uh, I'm doing the online classes through ACE. I, um, I help raising my kid, uh, d uh, working through my career. Um, I, I just got into a relationship 10 months ago with this girl I met in San Francisco. She was sitting on a bench and she's been this amazing, uh, you know, I, I didn't mean to meet a younger woman. I, it's just been kind of brought into my life. So, you know, I, I'm learning to be a little bit more of a human being on all levels of my life, a little bit more of a mature. I, you know, I'm a man child. I'm going to be fucking honest here. You know what I mean? Like I'm like, I woke up seven years ago. I probably have the uh, like emotional maturity of a 20 year old man. I'm giving myself a few years, probably more like 18, but like, you know, so it's, it's kind of just like, walking through the processes and, and having human experiences and not and not not being um uh, afraid to walk through them and uh, to to face facts to face um my feelings and and to sit with myself you know and uh you know i i think along the way i, I i'm not super you know, people have different levels of what success is you know what i mean like my my boss the other day he asked me um He's like, what do you do when you're not here? I know you, you have multiple like jobs and you're kind of like you network through through kind of what you found through through nutrition and, and, and health and fitness. But what do you do when you're not here? And I and my my first answer was oh, in like like five years ago would have been like I do CrossFit. I, I hike. I bike. I, you know, I hang out with women. Like I, these are the things that like, that's the superficial answer. Right. The answer that I had for him the other day, which 
I had no idea where it came from was I do recovery, man. Like I do recovery and you know, my career is great, but it's somewhere, it's somewhere like down the street. It's not in front of me. Like all of the things that I get to show up for and participate in, um, uh, the cash and prizes are, are not at the forefront of my of a to-do list. It's kind of opening up this, this onion and kind of seeing what's inside of it. And, and that's exciting. I mean, that's, that's, that carries depth and weight for me, you know? So it's, 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 I think everyone has their own definition of what success is. Mine is, is more of like, um, you know, I want to be comfortable for the rest of my life on this earth. And what am I, what am I willing to do to find that peace? And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll talk to any, I'm in therapy, man. I started therapy a couple months ago and that's been, I'm humbling myself to, to, to be in therapy. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, I talk to, I, I go talk to spiritual advisors and, and, you know, I'm kind of in this, this broad spectrum of just what I'm looking for, what people are finding uh, through their experience, through, um, um, uh, the t- intuitive way of living. And so that's, that's kind of what I'm doing, man. And I have no idea. I mean, who knows what tomorrow looks like? I mean, today's the answer. Tomorrow could be co- something completely different. And, uh, you know, I mean, I'm excited, man. I'm excited for life. You know, I'm very enthusiastic and, and, um, I love participating in life, man. That's awesome, man. I love to hear that. And it's, it's, it's powerful for people listening to hear what has happened, you know, in terms of being able to just seeing those possibilities and, and finding that new way to approach life is, is, like you said, it's about sharing what you've done and sharing your experience because no one's going to be able to do exactly what Jeff did, like, because Jeff's experience is Jeff's experience. But when they see the possibility of their own, you know, they see that there is there is change that can be made when they're willing to get to that place of discomfort and and start to explore it all. You know, that's that's I think where the power comes through. Agreed. Agreed. I, um, I'll never forget it, man. I was in a, a AA meeting. I was about two months sober and just kind of, you know, <laughs> trying to trying to get my mind right. I mean, I was psychotic, but I remember being, the, I remember the first time I heard something like that really meant something to me, uh, in a meeting. And, and this guy was up there and he was sharing, he was speaking at a meeting and he had tattoos on his face and his arms and he had like 20 years so, of sobriety. And, uh, and he said, I'll never forget it, man. He said, uh, he, he said, the only thing I've ever wanted, whether, whether it was in a room full of people or by myself, was to be at peace, was to be at peace with the world and the people in it. And that's what I'm finding, man. You know, it's like coming from zero and, uh, and working my way up to wherever level I am now, man. It's, it's, I never knew this was possible. And the people out there who are listening, man, you're never alone, man. There's people out there um, waiting for, to grab your hand and guiding you through this and to help you navigate, uh, you know, the, the way through, uh, you know, and thing, life's going to happen. Life's going to happen and, and you don't have to fold, you know, fold the hand because something happens in your life to where you can't handle it. You know, like I, you know, again, I mean, I'm not a religious person. I'm a spiritual person. And there's this line that people say in the recovery rooms that, you know, your higher power doesn't give you anything you can't handle. You know, if that were true for me, then why do I constantly need that, that, that power's help? And I need, I need your help, Gourmet. I need people's help to help me get through this life, man. And I, I can't do it alone. So you're never alone. Love it, man. Well, Jeff, I, I just want to say, an incredible thanks for being willing to open up and share this experience with the audience here at the Fat Guy Forum. I end every episode with, with five questions I ask every guest called the Fat Guy Five. Are you ready for your run through those questions? Uh, I'm ready. Let's go, Mike. So question number one, and then we're going to talk about how people can find you and all that good stuff. Question number Excellent. one, Jeff, living or dead, who is your favorite fat guy? John Candy. Definitely John Candy. He was like this, like '80s, uh, just Hawaiian shirt, just big guy who was hilarious, and or that or Chris Farley. I mean, I'm 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 all about humor. I'm all about just you know being inappropriate and just kind of like I'm I'm a I'm a bull in a china shop. You know what I mean? Like I'm I'm a flailer. So those those guys definitely have my vote. I like it, man. Question number two, Jeff. What is one lesson? And the question is usually phrased: What is one lesson that being a fat guy has taught you? But what is one lesson? that living that life prior to seven years ago taught you? Um, that pain is the great motivator in my life. That pain, I'm grateful for pain. And when pain crops up, I can't sit in it and I need to work through it. 
and I don't need to cover it up with anything other than uh, that uh, I've developed a relationship with feelings and how I'm feeling in the moment, man. And uh, that's, uh, it's, the pain is, um, will never last and that I can get through it, that I'm going to be okay. Love it, man. Question number three, if someone out there today listening wants to do one concrete thing today to start making change in their life, what is your advice to them? I always, uh, this is a big question that I like to ask people is what is giving you permission to reach, um, to act out in a, um, um, like a gluttonous way, right? Like, like what is giving you permission to act, to reach out for something, to, to reach out, um, and, uh, for something to take care of your internal voice, right? I always ask people that and, and I always get really good answers. And sometimes I, I, I just ask that question and I, and I want people to leave with it and then come back to me and then tell me what they come up with. You know, I want to, the question is, is I'm going to, is what is giving you permission? I like it. Jeff, question number four, what is one thing about yourself that you love? <sighs> well, that's evolving, right? Because, you know, two, five years ago, I was God's gift to women in, in the world, right? I'm a CrossFitter now, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've lost all this weight, you know what I mean? And there was the arrogance, there was a, there was egocentrism, and there was, a, there was a whole level of like, you know, uh, I, was, I was glad to be alive, but... If there's anything I love about myself today, it's my willingness to um, be humbled and level with people, you know, and uh, meet people halfway, man, you know, and uh, uh, I will talk to anybody, you know, it's, it's interesting, like my girlfriend's always like, Jeff, you will talk to anybody, you know, and I will, I don't, I, it doesn't matter what, uh, what you're going through, I mean, I, I, I need, I, my soul needs to be fed, and I, I'm grateful that I have the um, strength to, um, to show up and like, you know, it kind of feels like I, I kind of, you know, it feels like I kind of feels like I pulled up a, a chair to the adult table on Thanksgiving, you know, and I have something to bring to the table, man. Love it, man. And question number five, last official question for you today, Jeff, what is one goal you have for the next year that is not health, fitness or weight loss related? <sighs> you know, I want to, I want to travel. I'm doing a lot of traveling this coming year. I mean, I'm going to, to go into Hawaii for a couple of weeks in January. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready. To go, I'm going to go to um, South America in March. And it's, um, I, um, you know, being locked up in a room for so long, man, and being a hostage, man. I, um, I remember watching the deadly, deadly catch, deadliest catch on Discovery Channel. I'm a huge fisherman too, and I remember. Um, being like, I want to be one of those, this is like 15, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And I was like, I want to be one of those fishermen. It's so bad. But then I remember I was like, oh, I forgot. You can't like, you're like, you know, you can't do anything, man. You're, you're stuck here. You're, you're, you know, I, I was giving myself um, reasons why I couldn't participate and be a free man into this world. So now, man, I can go anywhere in this world and do whatever I want, just as long as I take care of my, my internal, um, my internal voice, you know, and, and constantly develop a relationship with that, with that voice. And, and, uh, that's what I'm doing, man. I, you know, I, uh, I want to go, I want to experience life. And, uh, it's only been seven years, man. I, I spent a lot of time, uh, locked up and, um, you know, I, uh, I want to experience it all. Well, Jeff, if people are hearing you talk today and they do want to talk to you or they want to just follow along with what you're doing, where do they find you? Well, I'm on the uh, Instagram. I have the World Wide Web on my phone. Uh, you can reach me at uh, Tranquil Carnivore. Um, DM me, friend request me. Uh, you know, like, I want nothing from you. I want no money from you. I, you can just hit me up and you can ask a question. I don't care how ridiculous you think it is. I don't care what you're going through. I'm s so available on any given moment. Like, I don't care what time of night it is. Like, if you're struggling, you know, you're not alone. You know, there's a, there's a whole world out there waiting for you you and you don't have to live you don't if you're done doing what you like someone told me if you're done doing what you're doing you'll never have to live the way you're living again love it man so i'm going to put that link obviously in the show notes today jeff just a, a huge thank you for for making time and also dealing with all the all we had to do to get connected so i just really appreciate you taking the time today 
Well, Gorman, thank you, man, and keep doing what you're doing, man. You're you're a beacon of hope, man. You're you know you're throwing your hand out there too, man. And uh, you know every time I see you know I've never seen somebody who has before pictures like you have, man. You you did you did a good job on that, man. And I love seeing your before and after, man. You're like you're very um, articulate and you carry yourself very well. I appreciate you allowing me uh, and having me, man. And it's been an honor, man. And um, hopefully we can continue doing what we're doing out in this world, man. And uh, thanks so much. Definitely. Well, thank you. I really appreciate that. And like I said, everyone, reach out to Jeff. And if you want to connect with me, you know you can find me also on Instagram at Gourmet Goes Keto, on Twitter at Gourmet Goes Keto, and you can also email the show directly at thefatguyforum at gmail.com. And then, my friends, remember, go out there and do something today to amaze yourself because you are the most amazing people that I know. Then come on back and catch us here on the next episode of the Fat Guy Forum. <laughs>